Super 30 is going to be a weekly podcast where we're going to talk college basketball, have various guests. We're going to start off with one of my favorite guests, who is uh, my fellow co-host of the Illini Guys Sports Spectacular and Big Sports Radio, Mike Cagley. He's going to join us. We're going to talk some college hoops this week. And, and, and Mike, you know, it, the season's rolling and we've got upsets. We've got all kinds of things. We've got Illini fans unhappy because they only won by 11. I mean, it, it's just college basketball. This is what happens, right? Yeah, it, it is. And and boy, it looks like it's going to be a fun Big Ten season. I don't know that there's a super team, but I do think there's there's a few teams that are going to make it really fun. And every year there's always one surprise team. So we have to figure out what team is going to shock and awe and, and jump up to the top and nobody will have expected it. Yeah, of course, you know, we're going to focus on the Illini first and foremost, and then we'll move around the Big Ten around the nation. But I, I will say this, Illinois 2-0, and um, and you can – I don't think they've played really particularly well in either game. Um, the slow start against EIU, and then, of course, they got the uh, – you know, they were tied, you know, or down one with eight minutes to go to Oakland. and But then they showed what they're made of against both teams. They really locked up both teams. And I think that's their – going to be their their trademark is defense they had 11 consecutive stops against oakland down the stretch I, I think that if you hold a team scoreless for seven minutes you have a good chance of winning most games i mean if you can if they don't score the final yeah. seven minutes you have a good chance now that, that's not going to happen every game but it does show what the i guess the personality identity of this team is yeah and i i think the interesting thing will be how often can they play that type of defense? And when they do play it, you know, they should get a pretty nice feeling over what happened because that Oakland team gave Ohio state trouble, gave Illinois trouble. And then when Illinois li almost literally put on the handcuffs, that was the end of the game. And man, was it impressive from a defensive standpoint, what Illinois did. Yeah, they couldn't. Oakland could not get a shot. Um, could not get a shot off. I mean, they. It was like if they did get a shot, it was contested over a guy who's bigger and just didn't weren't able to be effective. Of course, now the Atlanta have a much tougher test on uh, Tuesday night when they take on Marquette at the State Farm Center. Number five Marquette coming to the State Farm Center take on number twenty five Illinois. Um, interesting game because I, I would say right now if you kind of look at this. Marquette is considered, you know, one of the top teams in the country. They have been really good on offense so far as far as putting up points, 93 and a half points a game, um, shooting 53 and a half percent from the field. The one thing I think we'll find about both these teams is they can't shoot free throws. They're both bad at that. So I, I guess that's a something. But I, I do think one of the keys here is can Illinois slow down this Marquette offense? If they can, then I, I think the Marquette, you know, th this game becomes a, a different type of game. And I, both teams are going to want to push it. They want to get out and transition. They want to run. And so it's going to be interesting to see who can kind of dictate what happens uh, in this game. Yeah, I, I think Illinois, a couple things that I really want to see, uh, like you said, can they, can they lock down this team? And then the other thing is, is how will they deal with the pressure? You know, Illinois is going with a point guardless system, which I think is, I don't have the consternation that most people do. And I may be proven horribly wrong by the end of the year, but I think this point guard by committee can work 
but this will be a good test when you go up against Marquette to see how well it's going to work against a really good team. I thought it did a really nice job against a very tough uh, Kansas team. And that was, that was an exhibition that wasn't played like an exhibition. And yeah, no, I'm very, very interested in this one. Yeah, no question. I think that Kansas game gives a lot of people hope um, in this one. Of course, I guess some interesting thing about this is, is uh, Marquette um, guard um, Tyler Kolick, one of their top playmakers, obviously um, did injure an ankle and um, in their previous game. So, um, I think that'll be interesting to see if he's able to play. Cause if he's not able to play, obviously that changes things. They've got, they've got a, um, it's really, I, I guess when I look at their team, they have, you know, Cam Jones has been fantastic to start this season. And, uh, so I, I think that when you look at if Kolek's out, I think that does change the way they play a little bit. And so, uh, or if he's limited, I, I think that could be an advantage for Illinois, because he is such a good uh, playmaker and so good with the ball, you know, getting the ball to the right players in the right places. So, yeah, can uh, the other thing about Illinois is can they shoot? You, you have to wonder, like, because, you know, it's not just free throws. We talked about free throws. You know, Marquette's 64%. Illinois is 51.3%. Now, even Terrence Shannon, who shot 81% in Big Ten play last year, can't make free throws all of a sudden. So it's kind of been a weird thing. They're shooting overall 49% from the field. So they're shooting too but their three-point percentage is 29.2%. Um, now, we didn't see that against Kansas, where you know had Hawkins and Shannon both shot the ball extremely well, but we've seen that in the two games here. Where they have not shot the ball well from three-point range. They're 253rd in the country in three-point shooting. Is that going to continue, or, or do they have? can it continue? Do they need to make threes? I'm a little worried because last year and the year before, we had discussions about is this team not as good of a shooting team as we hope they would be. And we're seeing early signs that they may not be. Now, in fairness, you've got a bunch of new players. They're learning where to be on the floor and they're learning what their offense is going to give them shots on. And sometimes that takes some time to, you know, when you move from point A to point B and you're not, you just want to go from one point to the next and you're not looking for an opening, you're just kind of running it robotically. You don't shoot as well. So there, there is some hope for them to get better. But at the same time, I think there's also reason that somebody can have some trepidation based on the last two years. Yeah, no question. Of course, Mike, I will say this, Illinois, Marquette, obviously a big game, seven o'clock, but once they get into big 10 play, it may not matter because it doesn't look like anybody in the big 10 outside of Purdue is any good. <laughs> I mean, like, and I, and I know it's early, so we're, we're making these things, but you look at Maryland, They've already lost two games and two by games. I mean, they've lost or two games that are games they should win. They lost to uh, Davidson and UAB, which are not exactly powerhouses. And and they've still got, you know, a game at Villanova coming up. So that's going to be interesting. Uh, they're not they haven't been as good as expected. Ohio State, we talked about them uh, losing to uh, or losing to Texas A&M already. But we talked about them, their tough game with Oakland, where they had to pull away at the end. Michigan State's already lost to, um, you know, <laughs> had the James Madison loss. And by the way, I have to make a note. James Madison, what a week for these dudes. Like James Madison goes in and wins at Michigan State. Then they had the miracle. If you didn't follow this, this was one of the craziest things. There. They were down five with 3.8 seconds to go and had to go to length of floor. And they won in overtime. 
It was the craziest wow. thing. I mean, so they, they hit a three, then they get the uh, offensive foul push off at, against uh, Kent state. Um, and then of course, then the next thing, you know, they, they, then they win it and they score on an inbounds play, get a layup, which is still inconceivable. How you give up a layup on an inbounds play at the end of a game. You don't have to guard the inbounder when there's one second to go less than one second. Right. I mean, like, like what's he going to step in, get it back and score. No, I mean, take away the layup. Right. But anyway, and then you have, then they beat Howard and Howard was in the NCAA tournament team and beat them 107 to 86. So by 21. So James Madison, kudos to you. Have a week. But back to the Big Ten, you you got to wonder, like, is this just part of it? Rutgers has already lost. I, I know they lost to a good Princeton team. But some of the teams we didn't expect to be good have gotten off to good starts, you know, like uh, uh, Nebraska, Minnesota, 2-0, Northwestern, 2-0, Penn State, 2-0 with a new coach. Um, you know, Iowa's 2-0 because they score lots of points. And Michigan, I think Michigan's actually looked pretty good um, thus far. They've kind of been one of my surprise teams in this uh in this big 10 conference. And I think that's an interesting one, but Purdue is, as expected good, but I still think Wisconsin's good. They did lose to Tennessee, but that's not a bad loss. Cause I think Tennessee's really good. But as I look at all these teams, Mike, I keep saying, well, I'm not sure Kansas is the number one team. That's why I said, after I played Kansas, I look at Marquette and I say, I don't know if they're a top five team. I look at Michigan state. I don't know if they're a top five team. They're good, but I don't think they're a top five team. So who is the top five team? That's my thing. Like I keep looking at all these teams and saying, eh, they're probably not that good. They're probably not that good. Maybe they all stink. Maybe we're just like fighting uphill. Maybe we need to, you know, reevaluate how we look at this. Well, I think they're going to start ranking six through 25. <laughs> just so leave the first five. Out. <laughs> there are no five, one through five. It's gonna, that's going to be a mystery. No, I, I do think, and and because he is kind of a nuclear weapon, I think Purdue is Zach Eady is the one team that that barring him getting hurt is going to be at the top of the standings no matter what. The only person who could deal with him was Kofi Coburn. Kofi decided to go pro against everybody's better judgment and you know he this could be his his second, you know, it could be his covid senior year. Oh, um, as amazing as that is. <laughs> and he'd have like 4 million points and Three million rebounds. I, I, exactly, point. exactly. But but Edie is a a weapon that nobody really has any way of stopping because there is no Kofi anymore, and I, I expect them to be at the top. It's it's really interesting to me as what this Michigan State team is going to be because you know there's a lot of talent there, but does Booker put it together in time to help them? You know, is is he going to be able to to put it all together if he plays well? All of a sudden, that's a different team. And you look up and down. The, here's the team that intrigues me: is Ohio State has a lot of pieces. I'm just not certain they've got a coach who knows how to put the puzzle together. And what terrifies me is is Ohio State. Nobody cares about basketball there. It's just something to do between the national championship game and football. And before spring football starts, it's just something yeah. like, oh, we'll go to the get basketball game. But you got to wonder if there's a certain Miller brother who's located relatively close by. If Chris Holtman stumbles, you put Sean Miller in that coach's seat with the NIL money that's in the couch cushions at Ohio State. I don't think it's going to be fun for the rest of the Big Ten. So I'm actually rooting for Ohio State to do pretty well this year. <laughs> well, that would that would make sense. Uh, the Buckeyes, it was funny. Did you hear, and, and I don't know if he intended it this way, 
But in the post-game press conference for the Illinois game, Greg Campy talked about how, you know, Underwood's a really good coach because they adjusted and stopped doing the ball screens into the zone. Ohio State just kept running them. So it's kind of like it was like a it was a compliment to Underwood, but it also was kind of a slap in the face to Holtman, like, yeah, you guys didn't know what to do. You know, what I mean, so it's kind of a weird thing to hear hear that from a coach. And I don't know if he intended it that way. He was just kind of talking, but it, it is interesting to think that way. Now, so I, I when I look at the Big Ten though, I don't think we know. Purdue's good, and then everybody I else, I don't know. I mean, I, I I'm still questioning everybody. I do think Illinois has got a lot of talent. Um, that's why they're ranked. I think Michigan state has a lot of talent. How do they fit together? How do they put them together? Now, from a national standpoint, how about Arizona? Huge win, right? I mean, Arizona, I thought looked about as good as you can look going into playing at Duke there. I mean, they have, you know, I I don't know that later on, we're going to see them play Michigan state and we'll see how Michigan state has progressed up to that point. But I think Arizona looked fantastic. I think Duke looked like a really talented team that is still trying to find their way. Um, And they've obviously, Duke is recruiting at a ridiculously high level, like higher than, I mean, it's like Calipari, you know, on steroids right now. But at the same time, they they haven't quite had the results that you kind of, you expect from Duke because they don't have that same guy on the sideline maybe anymore. So it's a little bit different there. Um, Nationally, you know, UConn's off to a good start, but they haven't played anybody. Houston's off to a good start. Creighton, you know, again, Tennessee, I think, could be a top five team, Mike. I, I really do. I, I like Tennessee a lot. Um, yeah, athlete. Boy, he can recruit, can he? Oh, I yeah. Mean, and they're so athletic. They just, you yeah. know, and I wonder, you know, they find a way to seems to lose games that they probably shouldn't at some point, but I think they're pretty good. I, I don't know if Florida Atlantic looking around at a top 10. Is Florida Atlantic that good? I don't know. They had a great run. They had a good season last year. Um, but, you know, they didn't really have a tough run to the Final Four last year either. So they've got a lot of tests here in this non-conference as we kind of go through this. So so is there – what teams do you look at? They're kind of surprise teams. What teams you're going to sneak up on us here? Well, the, the interesting thing to me is, is as I look at it, I look at Gonzaga as always being a team that's going to be a threat because they don't have the toughest schedule they can kind of load up for their big games and then they get, if they can, you know, stay engaged, they, they get kind of, while everybody else is slugging back and forth with other big boxers, you know, if you're in the sec, the big 10, the ACC, you know, you're in big 12, you're going back and forth against some good programs and they get a kind of rest and, and, and get stronger. So I think, I think I always put them in that, that mix Duke is another team that just – I don't know where to put them because individually with talent, I, I don't know. Is there a better team out there from position to position? I'm not certain if there is, at least physically, but they do have youth. And and I got to be honest with you, you know, people don't like to hear this, but I'm going to be – I'm going to question John Shire just like I do Ryan Day in football because – these guys are given the keys to the some of the most prestigious programs in the country without ever having their own car before. And so we don't know if they have any clue what to do when they're making the decisions and the pressure is on. It was always easy. You're sitting next to Coach K. Well, Coach decides what's going to happen. You know, you're, you're sitting, you know, you're standing next to Urban Meyer. He knows what he wants to do. But when the pressure's on you and you have to get that win – and you're on an aircraft carrier trying to play basketball game, there's no Coach K to ask what to do. And yeah. you can't sit there on the sideline and text him. So uh, I'll well, believe. You could. 
Yeah, you, yeah, you know, that's a good point. <laughs> just FaceTime him. Coach yeah, K has yeah. this to say. Here's what he wants you to do. Yeah, Connor Stallions is starting a, 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 a <laughs> communications program well, business. So he can, he, he can buy tickets now. It's okay. Yeah, buy all he wants. Mm-hmm. Um, and and basically, you know, so I'm a little bit hesitant there. I also think, and I know this is going to sound crazy because Tom Izzo looked defeated in his post his post game conference against James Madison. But that Michigan State team has a lot of talent, and we all know that how Tom Izzo's teams play in November is not what they look like in March. And I just I feel like that team is gonna is going to go up, and and I do think that Purdue is going to be a a team that's going to be a, a one seed, and then we'll see if this year will they get into trouble with all the grabbing and holding when it's not allowed in the NCAA tournament? Because how do you stop Edie until you get referees who won't let him swing around and knock out people with his arms? Yeah, it'd be interesting. The last 16 to lose to a one seed was, of course, Virginia. And what happened the next year? Won the national title. Won the national title. So if you're a Purdue fan, that's what you're hoping for, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't like I don't like that thought. Yeah, so it's interesting. Uh I, I kind of look at so here's my here's the our I'm gonna th- this week I want to give the Jimbo Fisher Award. Who is going to get fired this year and net the seventy seven point six million dollar buyout or whatever it is that Jimbo Fisher was able to get Texas A and M. So here here's my first candidate. How long does Louisville stay? with Kenny Payne. Am I, I think I, they've done a great job of sticking with him this long. I mean, okay, they're off to, they beat UMBC by one. Of course, UMBC, speaking of 16 seeds beating one seeds, right? Right. They beat them by one, and then they lost by 10 to Chattanooga. They've got games coming up, obviously, against Texas, and and, and I think they'll be tough. At Virginia Tech, I think – New Mexico State can, you know, before they roll in Kentucky later on, but Pepperdine even is going to be tough. I, I I wonder about this. And, you know, DePaul, of course, they're at DePaul, which means there'll only be like, how about DePaul, by the way? Sidetrack. Six, six people there. Six people. The Under a thousand at the DePaul game. Wow. I, I never thought I'd see that in a high major college basketball game where there's 951 paid. I mean, that's insane. Like, you know, if we, Illinois, you know, we go to Illinois games all the time, right? And so, if there's under like twelve thousand, it's like, oh my gosh, what happened? What happened? <laughs> Is there like a snowstorm or a blizzard? What is going on? So, yeah, it's just weird. But, but anyway, back to Louisville, they're really bad, and, and I don't see like a, a a an uptick coming. I mean, I guess they they can recruit and you can turn around. Back, I think that's different too in basketball. You can turn around quickly with NIL with you know freshmen coming in and playing with the, the way you can recruit with all the stuff they have at louisville they should be able to recruit pretty well and turn around quickly boy that hasn't happened i mean there there are probably people fawning for chris mack to come back at this point well does he uh, let me ask you a question is it just a chance that pain has been is nothing nothing harder to explain than he is he has been promoted to the level that he's just not good at. He, I mean, he could be you know, arguably the premier number one recruiter yeah. in the country. And maybe he's just not a head coach at the major college level. There's no sin in that. There are plenty of guys who've tried it and that just wasn't their niche. Yeah. I, I think that's very possible. I mean, we've seen a lot of guys, my, my favorite, one of my guys I go back to was like a remember Dan Monson. 
who was just fantastic. Oh, and Gonzaga then he, and went then to he Minnesota. Went up to the next level. It's like, yeah, maybe not. You know, I mean, there's been a lot of guys like that. You know, they go up and there's just a level they're at. And, you know, I and I, although he had some success, I always thought Bruce Weber was the perfect mid major coach. Like, I mean, he would just, he could get his guys, he would be a mid major plus type guys, you know. And I think he's, he would, he would have been fantastic. If he'd stayed at that level, I think he could have been. Oh, he'd, he have, have, a stat- he'd have a statue. The SIU arena would be the Weber arena. By yeah. Now. I mean, S- I think had he stayed at SIU, they would have been almost like the Midwest Gonzaga. I really think that he would have maybe not recruited at that level, but I mean, like they would have been a mid-major Wichita state, like under, yes. under, you know, you know, so forth, Greg Marshall. They would have been that team that, you know, they'd had years when they were like, nobody would want to play them in the NCAA tournament. But, you know, so I, I think that's, there's some truth to that for sure. You know, and team I'm going to shout out, you know, it's been pretty good so far. It got three, three, and oh, it's Clemson. How about PJ Hall? PJ Hall has been fantastic for Clemson. 23 and a half points a game. There's my, there's my guy to watch this week. So I, I've been impressed with, with him so far. So. I don't know. I, I, I kind of, I, I really like the way it looks. The one, one conference I haven't gotten a chance outside of Arizona against Duke. I haven't got a chance to watch many PAC 12 teams play. Um, I, I don't know. What, what are your, you got, you got any PAC 12 teams or sleepers? Uh, like, I, I don't have anything cause, out there. Cause we're all asleep when they play. So yeah, exactly. It's all on so late. And then, but I do have to ask you about one coach and it's the one that everything swirls around and we'll, we'll know a lot <laughs> about this in a couple days. I know who you're talking about. But is this going to be the year that Calipari finally, you know, gets pushed out at Kentucky? Do you think this team is good enough? Now they've got Kansas coming on on Tuesday yeah. the 14th. But if let, let's say that game doesn't go well for the Wildcats. Are those boosters in Kentucky who have deep pockets? Now they're not Texas and Texas A&M deep, but they got deep pockets. Are they going to look down at Texas A&M and say, you know what? we're serious about our basketball just like they are about their football. And do they make a move on Calipari? I, I, I think obviously it's going to be a while. I think they'll let this season play out because I think Kentucky's got some talent. Um, it's just trying to put it all together. And and I do think I like the sec. I think the sec is really good this year. I just don't, but I think I don't know the SEC out outside of Tennessee, who I think is probably the best team. I don't think they have a team that is uh, uh, probably going to be at that really high level. So if, if Cal has a good year, maybe they emerge there uh, and they become the team that is, you know, has a chance to, to do something. And the SEC has gotten off to a good start. I, you know, except for Memphis, you know, kind of manhandling Missouri down the stretch, but overall they've, you know, I like, I like Arkansas. I I like Alabama. I think they've got talent. Um, Texas A&M, I think buzz is going to do a good job. I think, they have a ceiling though. I don't know that they're capable of getting to where, you know, people want them to get to. Um, so I don't think Georgia's, you know, that level. Um, so yeah. I, is, I, Al- I, is Alabama going to be able to overcome some of their losses to the NBA? Cause... I think they're, they're going to be good. They're not going to be anything like they were last year. I don't think, I mean, I think okay. they, you know, that they lost a lot, you know, a lot of talent left that program, but I, again, I, I, my pick would be Tennessee right now. So let's do that. Let's go through what, what about the big 12? Who's your team in the big 12? Well, I mean, that's that's Kansas. You know, I I hate to say it, but I'm not saying they're a number one team, but I am I am very certain that they're going to be the the prime team. Although I'm very interested in the matchups with Houston, which I love their style of play. Samson is not a I'm not a big fan of of him and some of his behaviors based on his time at Indiana and being an Illinois fan. 
but yeah. he teaches defense. I don't know if there, there, there is some equivalent defensive coaches to him. I'm not certain if there's a better defensive coach than Kelvin Sampson. Yeah, he's fantastic. And they recruit to it, too. I mean, they do yes, a great job. Yes, they that. do. So I think they're very good at that. Their team in the Big 12, obviously, Baylor. I think Kansas State takes a little step back this year. Um, oh, I don't yeah. think they're quite yeah. as good. I, you know, they already lost, have the loss to USC um, out west. So, yeah, I would agree with that. I think it's those three. I think it's Baylor. I think it's Kansas. And and I think it's uh, Houston would be the top three in the Big 12. Um, it's hard to bet against Bill Self, right? I mean, he does okay. Yeah, you know, that guy, he's clearly the best coach in college basketball. He is. He's fantastic. I mean, so he's really good. So, and then how about the Big East? You know, defending national champion UConn, they're ranked sixth. Um, you know, Marquette's ranked fifth ahead of them. I think UConn's better than Marquette. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I think so. I think Creighton's probably better than Marquette. Creighton's ranked eighth. So they got three <laughs> top ten teams in the Big East. Back to the days of Louis Carnesecca and John Thompson, uh, you know, being in the Big East and getting and Roly, Roly Massimino, right? You know, Villanova. how's Patino going to do in year one? I think they're going to struggle. I just don't know. I mean, I we'll find. I think we'll learn a lot um, tomorrow when they play uh, Michigan, right? And, and we'll kind of learn a little bit about both teams when they finally play some good competition. Um, you know, so I, I think that's when we find out. But yeah, I think he's going to struggle a little bit. I think they're going to be okay. I think within you know three years they're going to be in the Sweet Sixteen because that's what Rick Patino does. I think. He's he's one of the best of all time, right? I mean, he's one of the best college basketball coaches of all time. Um, if he was fifty and I was starting a team, I would hire Rick Pitino over anybody, you know. Uh, well, there's no doubt, and you you have to wonder, had he not went to the Celtics back yeah. in the '90s and stayed at Kentucky, what would he have built? Because he was on the verge of having a team. I'm not saying he's going to do UCLA numbers, but he might have won three out of four there. I mean, he he really had that thing. Stacked. I agree. I mean, I think they would have. They and I think over the years, if he'd been at Kentucky for the last X number of years, I mean, how many national titles do they win? Five. Yeah. Oh. I mean, I'm yeah, he legit. Him and him and Shashevsky would have been in the battle for the greatest of all time. It would have been a it would have been a very interesting duel. Yeah. To watch, even totally though agree. I don't like either team. Yeah. Just yeah. Don't have to like him. Just got to respect him. Pac-12. Yep. Like I said, Arizona looks good so far. USC is going to be obviously fun to watch. We'll see how that how that all plays out with you know their um, with their Bronny. their team with Bronny James and so forth. Whether he's able to to go and when he's able to go, but they've got a lot of talent without him. You know, so they're they're a good team. But I think Arizona is the class of that league. Um, and Lloyd's and, a good Lloyd's a darn good coach too. Oh, Tommy Lloyd. I mean, I you watch what they've done. Obviously, they can recruit like no other. The guys, the progression of guys like Kylan Boswell, Kylan Boswell just looks fantastic. I mean, he looks like a player. And and somehow they've been able to, you know, he still didn't shoot it well, but Caleb Love in a kind of a reduced role, a little bit less usage and doing some things. It's pretty impressive. And somehow they convinced a guy like Jaden Bradley, who was the top point guard in the country two years ago, to come and sit on the bench. <laughs> Hey, come here and you can play 20 minutes a game as where, you know, the problem was he wasn't getting to play enough where he was. So I don't know what they do, but man, fantastic. I think Tommy Lloyd's really good. I think they've got a chance. I think he needs to break through and win that, you know, get to a final four or something like that. I think a little bit like Sean Miller. I mean, that's the one kind of negative for some of these guys. They have to get through and I, you know, even in Illinois, Brad Underwood's done a fantastic job of rebuilding a program that was, you know, basically, you know, not okay. there for almost 10 years. I mean, like it was irrelevant yeah. and to get them into four straight top 25s, but 
Now you got to make that next step. And that's to make that NCAA tournament run. And I think that's where we're waiting to see. All right. So what about our mid majors, Mike? Who's, who's your mid major? You got any mid major teams we need to watch out for? I, I, I am not, that is not my area of expertise, Brad. I go power five. I'm very, I'm very elitist. (laughs) Well, you know, that's fair. I mean, obviously everybody talks about, you know, the the Gonzaga, right. And and that's kind of the team that is the, is is St. Mary's though. I mean, is this the year that maybe, um, you know, St. Mary's is that, um, I, I don't know. I I don't know, but you you look at St. Mary's, they just lost to Weber state, uh, at home. And that's kind of a big thing. I think Weber state they'll play, um, have a couple of good games good games coming up but um they came back from 16 down or uh, weber state did and beat um beat st mary's that's pretty wild um there um so that's a good one so maybe maybe weber state's gonna be uh, uh dylan jones fantastic stuff there army um is not a very good team but they they did give indiana fits you know oakland's not a very good team maybe but they gave some fits to ohio state and um there, um, Illinois, obviously Yale, uh, beat Loyola Marymount really good mid-major game. That's a fun one this week. Um, so a lot of good mid-majors out there. It's going to be interesting to see who kind of, um, I don't know, just puts, puts it together. I- I'll tell you, here's my sleeper. And this is why I'm one of my sleeper mid-majors that I like, obviously, because I'm, I like, um, Jamal Walker, um, at Grand Canyon. Yep. former Illinois assistant, great dude. But um, I think Grand Canyon's pretty good. I, I think Grand Canyon's got a chance to be uh, a team that, that we're watching. And they, they're actually recruiting at a pretty high level. And so that, you know, Bryce Drew and company could be could be a fun team to watch. I don't know. We'll have to see how mid-majors play out uh, as the season goes on. But, yeah, always fun to to see which which team is going to pull those upset. Obviously, we mentioned James Madison early on in the uh, yeah. broadcast. They've had a, the week from, you know, they've had the greatest week perhaps in uh, in James Madison basketball history. And their to football go along with good. their football team. I was going to say, yes. go along with the football team, that? which is moving up to D1 and making a lot of uh, some of those college, the, the big conference uh, doormats feel really bad about what's going on. Yeah, no so question. They, yeah. They're, they're making it tough on people. Yeah, it's you wonder. <laughs> you you wonder like these these schools are sitting there at like in football at five and five, and their basketball teams one and one, and they're wondering how how is what why why aren't we James Madison? Can we be James Madison? I want to be James Madison. So, yeah, it's a uh, it's interesting. It's fun to see that that pop up. All right, so Mike, I'm gonna leave you with this, and and this is my last thing. So we're gonna start the season. We we like to make our predictions because it's a lot of fun, right? So who's your? We're gonna start off, and we're gonna start the season. We we can change this, obviously, as the year goes on. Give me your four final four picks. You don't have to pick a national title. Where? Give me four final four teams. Who's gonna make it? Right now, I would go with Purdue. Okay. I would go with Tennessee. I'm okay. gonna say. I know this is a little bit out there, but I'm gonna say Gonzaga. Okay. And then, even though I don't think they are the greatest team. I think by the time the end of the season, barring injuries, I think Kansas will have elevated back into that final four. Yeah, I think that missing that one piece really hurt their depth, and I think when they get everybody back, they're going to be a better team. So, all right, my five. Here's my four. i got to pick four, right? I'm yeah, going I think with, four would be better. I'm going with Purdue as well. I'm going with – here's my wild card. I'm going with Houston. I think Houston's I can, going to the that, final They're defensively four. a nightmare, yep. I like Tennessee. And then I'm going with the Arizona Wildcats. 
I think yeah, Arizona. Arizona. There's my four to start the season. Now, I could change as the year goes on. This is just my preseason. I'm going to make changes as the year goes on. We all do. Um, but it, it's always fun. Now, so it kind of fun fun to do this. Uh, we will have, you know, each week we're going to have some different people on here, talk a little bit college hoops. Um, maybe do, um, you know, we'll, we'll break down, you know, games, specific games coming up, especially when we have big games. Um, I think, you know, Tuesday night we've got some fun matchups, obviously, with the uh, – you know, we've got uh, Illinois and Marquette. We've got Kansas against Kentucky. We've got Michigan State and uh, Duke, right? So this is, I mean, what more can you ask for this week in, in college basketball? And this is, you know, I guess this is what it's all about. It's it's you want to see these top teams playing each other early in the season. And it's something you don't get to see as much in college football. We got to see Alabama, Texas. And now Alabama's probably wishing they hadn't played Texas because if they'd have played yes. a critter, if they'd have played a critter that week or an average team, they're undefeated right now, and they're ranked probably two in the country behind Georgia, and everybody's like, wow. Thank Alabama God again. the 12 yeah. teams will take care of that. It will, and, and I think that'll make it better because now teams can play that game. And that's why college basketball – people say – I've been hearing this too, Mike. People don't care about college basketball in November. Well, I, I disagree. I, I think that it's pretty – you look at some of the games that are going on, it's fantastic college basketball. I, I get that these these marquee matchups, these mid-majors taking these bye games and going in and getting wins on the floors of high majors is so much fun to watch because it just tells you how there's not a huge separation um, in the college basketball landscape. I mean, there really isn't. On a given day, with the three-point shot, with the shot clock, with different things that go in, you, you go in and you make some shots, you put some pressure on them, man, You can you can anybody can beat anybody. Well, maybe not anybody. A yeah, lot of teams that, can beat people. I think that Wisconsin-Providence game is one that I also want to keep an eye on because it's, it's hard to get a handle on how good Wisconsin is. be interesting to see how they handle um, how they handle that Providence team, you know, led by Bryce Hopkins. So Yeah, it's a interesting. Providence, of course, Providence fans had a joyous day as Ed Cooley lost. Um, Georgetown lost. Um yeah, <laughs> to who was it they lost to? I can't even remember, Mike. Who was it they lost I to? Uh, I gotta look now, man. It, it was a bet. It wasn't Holy Cross. It was Holy Cross, wasn't it? They lost to Holy Cross. So when you look at that, it's yes. like Holy Cross by one. Yeah, you lose to Holy Cross, and Providence fans rejoiced, and Holy Cross fans also rejoiced. So it was a good day for those two programs because <laughs> Providence is not like. Georgetown right now. So yeah. And Ed Cooley's got some rebuilding. He's a really good basketball coach though. He'll be fine, but yeah, it's going to be... take him. It's going to take some time. I mean, they brought in Jade Epps. I think he's kind of their go-to guy right now. A uh, kid from Illinois he had a really good freshman season, but they need some pieces to go with him. And he's not quite there um, as a defender yet. And maybe as a facilitator, but he can score. So uh, he'll help them. He'll keep him in some games as they go on. So anyway, all right, Mike, all right, so we're going to – each week we'll have this. If you have questions, uh, feel free to post questions. You can go to our lineiguys.com message boards, post some questions. You can message me on Twitter if you have any questions or any things you'd like for us to talk about on our uh, on this podcast every week. Um, come out Monday morning. Every week we'll, uh, we'll do it Sunday night, uh, post it Monday morning. And we, we love talking college hoops, and it's going to be a lot of fun as we go through this season. Hopefully our fighting Illini can keep us interested in this college basketball season. I'm sure they will. They have a great non-conference schedule uh, games this week, you know, with, um, you know, obviously the Marquette game. And then uh, we move on to some critters before they uh, get another test when they head out to uh, 
uh, go out to Rutgers actually will be the next true test. And then the, the Madison Square Garden against Florida Atlantic and then to Tennessee all three in a row. So they better be ready for the, the big time. Yeah, at that they point. better get they better get good quick. Yeah, no question. All right. Mike Cagley, Brad Sturdy, Sturdy for 30. Thanks for listening.